0: You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Babylon Project was our last best hope for peace. Well, we're in it now. It failed. In the last few hours, we have learned that warships are coming this way from Earth Their orders are to seize command of Babylon 5 by force. But in the year of the Shadow War, it became something greater. Our last best hope... for victory.
1: My words are inadequate to the burden of my heart.
0: The year is 2260. The place, Babylon 5.
1: And assuming we survive this, how old will you be in a year if you
2: don't want to speak Minbari?
1: It's like I've always said, you can get more with a kind word and a two before than you can with just a kind word. Please,
0: continue. Only one
2: human can ever survived battle with the Minbari fleet.
1: He is behind me. You are in front of me. If you value your lives, be somewhere else. Hello, and welcome to the Epsilon 3, a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. Each week, we review an episode of the 1990s sci-fi TV classic, Babylon 5. This week, Season 3, Episode 7, Exogenesis. I'm Paul. I'm Dan. I'm Sean. And, and we are the epsilon three. And the synopsis. Franklin and Marcus investigate an outbreak of parasitic aliens in down below. And Ivanova is tasked with determining whether Lieutenant Corwin is suitable for the conspiracy of light. Written by JMS and directed by Kevin G. Kremen, this episode was released on February the twelfth, nineteen ninety-six, and takes place from March the 10th to March the thirteenth, twenty-two sixty. And today's guest stars James Warwick as Matthew Duffin. I'm going with Wiley Small as Jacques Lee or Jackie Lee. Aubrey Morris as Duncan. Roth Gotstein or Gotstein as Vendor. Eric Steinberg as Samuel. Donald Willis as Trader. Mike McKenzie as Man. Carrie Dobro as Dr. Harrison. Cat, Cressida as Cat the Bartender, Roger Rook as Lurker, and Leslie Pratt as Woman. So we've got man and woman.
0: Man and woman. Those are my favorite roles.
1: (laughs) Ah. Because if you can't get them right, what chance have you got? Exactly. And uncredited, we have Bill Blair as Alien and Brian uh, Freifeld
0: as the Writing Man. Writing Man. Bill Bill Freifeld is the Writing Man. The writing writing uh, you know the, the guy the guy at the I, beginning who's ah, writhing on missed, the floor okay i start a H. h
1: yeah okay <laughs> i thought i was looking for him thinking where is this two, writing man <laughs> two very different roles there's the guy with a pen yes. and a
2: pad in the background sorry,
1: yeah sorry it was jms as the writing man uh, and yes. yes writhing man okay so
0: guys what did we think about this episode well I remember it. I, I, I definitely remember Duncan as a character. Uh, I, I remember uh, Tech Sergeant Chen and uh, Ivanova there uh, thinking there was a date and the and the and the flowers that were synthetics and must have cost a lot of money. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a very well remembered episode. Is it the best episode in the world? Well, no, it's not. But is it okay? Yes, it is. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I didn't have any memory of this one at all. This, the, Nothing about this episode stayed with me, but I thought it was a really interesting idea. It's a bit sci fi you know, the parasites, aliens, but sort of pod people kind of thing with a little twist at the end. Um, I enjoyed it more than convictions. I can say that. That's about it. <laughs> I
1: don't
0: remember what yeah. convictions
2: was.
1: Uh, yeah, exactly, exactly.
2: enjoyed <laughs> yeah. it more than convictions. <laughs>
1: No, I was the same. I do not remember this episode. Didn't stick in my brain um, from the first time I watched it a few years ago. So, yeah, although I, I you knew it is, I think it is a, a, a half decent episode, an average episode, yeah. but we'll get to that later. So a long awaited shuttle arrives at Babylon five. and David Corwin is being promoted from Lieutenant JG to full Lieutenant. And the drinks are on the house. But down below, a man is being used as a host for a symbiont that looks like a Star Trek Next Generation parasite from the episode Conspiracy. It goes wrong, and he is left behind as, a secure, as security turns up.
0: Or writhing Man. Mm. Writhing Man. Yeah,
1: that's it. All done in the first scene, right? Okay, go on now. That's it. We're done. Yeah. Sheridan asks Ivanova to check out Lieutenant Corwin to see if he's suitable to join the Conspiracy of Light. She agrees, but is the part of the job she really hates. Marcus finds Duncan asleep, so quotes Shakespeare to him, and rather sending him into a deeper sleep, he wakes up calling him a madman. He appears to be in ill health, but he won't see a doctor. He'll be fine. Dr. Franklin is giving his doctors a briefing. Dr. Harrison, a female doctor who is overdressed in what looks like a military uniform and is made up better than any of the other female doctors, reports that the usual stuff, you know, before mentioning a male human DOA uh, in his mid-30s with no obvious signs of death has arrived. I think, Brian, that sorry, did bother
2: me. That seemed where the fact she was in uniform and everyone else was in medical garb, yeah. it really stood out. Why is she sitting there? You know, not sort of being part of it. Is she just a bit more hoity toity than the rest? Or
1: I I don't know. It really bothered me because as it scanned around, there was a, there was a, it started off with a, a female and then it moved on to two males and they were all in the grey, drab, you know, garb that would normally expect in a, in a hospital scene or whatever. Maybe they're were, they were in their, you know, their clean gear. But the hair was just, Normal, nothing, and then it turns to her. She's got bright red lipstick on. She's got her hair beautifully coiffured, and then you know she's in a totally different uniform—a military uniform rather than a doctor's uniform. Because why? Why would you be in the military? And it, it just stood out. It was like a black and white picture suddenly with a blob of color in it. It was very strange. And I thought, oh well, she's you know going to be the part for the day. Then you know we're going to have Franklin all over her and all this type of thing. I don't think we saw her again after this. <laughs>
0: Maybe it was uh, some, some wardrobe malfunctioning uh, Some scheduling conflicts Maybe she was part of a different episode Who knows
1: Yeah maybe she had a coffee And she spilt it down the front of her grey top And they, well we can't use that now that's Here
0: put this on It's the only thing that's clean
1: yeah. <laughs> Yes Oh, well, Franklin well, was straight there with his jacket Hey yeah yeah, yeah. Wear, wear this <laughs> I was about to say
2: Franklin offered her the bed There was a HR thing <laughs> She was never seen of again That's it <laughs>
1: Yeah It's in the, uh, the outtakes deleted scenes Marcus is meeting up with an informer he has a message from Ranger One on Mimbar, and we all know who that is What do you have for me? Message from Ranger One on Mimbar. He recommends our people go on a heightened state of alert and pull back from Earth space Word is something screwy's going on back home This is not exactly a revelation. Anything else? Shadow vessels
0: They were sighted in Sector 800 two days ago seems they're gathering, creating a border on the edge of Centauri space. Oh, and that package
1: you've been asking about. Just left Mars. Should be here in about a week. All right. On your next supply run, I want you to make a quick side trip through Sector 800 and drop a long-range scanner and get out fast. And see if we can find out what's going on out there. Marcus is concerned about Samuel as he has not seen him for a while and goes to pay him a visit. So we're 10 minutes into the episode, and so far nothing has happened. It's all set up.
2: Yeah. What I didn't understand is why is he dropping a long-range scanner into Sector 800 when he could just go to Sector 799 or 801 and still scan in? That doesn't
1: make any sense to me. Mm, That's true. That's true. Surely it'd be safer for him.
0: Sounds more dramatic this way.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he could drop it off and fire it heading towards Sector 800. Exactly, and let the momentum sort of carry. yeah, Yeah, it'll get there. Exactly. Oh, it's straight in. Oh, terrible. Ah, terrible. We, yeah. we
2: found the shadows. Ah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Dr. Franklin is doing an autopsy on the mid-30s man. Apart from a variety of controlled st- substances, traces of dust and no overt signs of physical trauma, the cause of death is a mystery. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's like saying he's taken literally every drug in the book,
2: but no idea why he's dead now. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. I mean, it's done him no harm whatsoever.
1: Subject died of uh oh acute Aussie Osborne ness, mm, it's crazy. Yeah, oh, maybe the traces of dust. Was, it was he just sort of like oh, oh, it's got some dust on him it just <laughs> lint yeah. everywhere. It's oh, crazy. Terrible. Get one of those rollers, Get one of those cat rollers <laughs> that you can clean them with.
2: He's miraculously fine. What did you do, oh. doctor? I
1: just rolled him down. It's fine. <laughs> Use some sellotape and you, know, you can wrap it around your fingers and go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, have that
2: off the side like that's not actually the main shot and just hear this <laughs> what's Dr Conklin doing in
1: there no idea dust mm. he's dusting mm. <laughs> that's why we never saw that doctor again <laughs> there are uh, there are nail marks caused by the man clenching his fists a scan of the body finds an unknown anomaly wrapped around the spine well oh, isn't every anomaly unknown i suppose
0: why it's an anomaly.
1: Mm. He needs to go in and take a look. Meanwhile, Marcus finds Samuel, who has made some new friends. Samuel says he can no longer work with Marcus, as he has things to do now. Marcus does not like it. Walks off into a corridor, shouting off, I don't like what's going on here. (laughs) He can still hear you. He's just over there. He doesn't have a subtle voice, does he, Marcus? No matter where he is, he's got to speak in that English accent very loudly. This is why Sinclair sent him. He didn't actually want him
2: to be there anymore. He didn't want him on Mimbar because he just talks too loud. Yeah, it must be all
1: the hair around his ears. He can't hear himself speaking. uh, To be or not to be, I'm I'm quoting Shakespeare at you. Not to you, at you. Ah, dear. Uh, sorry, beg your Franklin finds a translucent worm on the spine of the man and it appears to still be alive. He puts it in his lunchbox to keep it safe. Mm-hmm. Samuel and his new friends are putting another parasite into a human and, it ter- and this time it turns out to be Duncan, the trader that Marcus likes to talk about the Scottish play to. Franklin has found out that the life form is genetically neutral and can live in any life form, which could be a problem if it was added on Babylon 5. Marcus has found that Duncan isn't. The scenes were going left, right, left, right, left, right. They're so quick. Uh, Marcus has found out that Duncan is not uh, at his usual vendor table and apparently has left and told his neighbor to rent out the table to somebody else. I like how she yeah, just kept on... out the
0: table. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, yeah, it's it's like a fold-up thing with a ratty blanket on. It. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was surprised Sean wasn't straight there with his uh, his collectibles.
0: Oh, oh I, yeah, I thought about it. I thought about it. Here's some action figures. Yeah. You can find those on rusted robot toys on the Etsy shop. That would have be been fabulous. If in in a remake,
1: in a remake, if we could have that scene and it comes huh? around and there's Sean with all the Babylon Five action figures. Get your Sheridans. Hey. Get your get your malaris.
0: I have a pile of uh, Babylon 5 action figures in my totes. <laughs>
1: that
0: doesn't surprise me. It
2: shouldn't. Uh, he's crying out, like, my claim to fame is that even Emperor Malari himself will not take these toys yeah. from me. Oh,
1: oh dear. dear. And then you see the scene with uh, Malari going up to Sheridan going, Sheridan! <laughs> he's got the Malari doll in his hand. Eh? The little bobblehead just (laughs) It's a Funko toy (sighs) Uh,
2: But I did like how the the vendor who was next To where Duncan was just kept talking At Marcus even though he'd moved on quite Clearly but even she doesn't Have like that quiet mode so does everybody Shout on Babylon 5 who just never noticed It before It must
1: be the background hum of the station That we can hear anything. (laughs) Finally Ivanova talks To Lieutenant Corwin She starts off with some small talk and then asks him over to her quarters for coffee which he takes as a date. Marcus talks to Garibaldi to ask him to help look into the disappearing people in his life. Garibaldi is not interested and tells him to ask the doctor. Franklin jumps at the chance to go back to Down Below for looking for missing people. It's practically a hobby for him. Corwin stops off to get flowers for Ivanova.
0: Hi! Something I can help you with? I don't know, I was thinking flowers? thinking flowers is good giving flowers is better what's the occasion i'm not sure but i think i have a date she asked you out she asked me in her place moves fast she aggressive you could say that (laughs) lucky guy
2: Uh, it's not like that well it's not like that yet i think artificial roses same smell same feel works every time but what if it's not a date i don't want to offend her
0: Roses never offend a woman, except by their absence. That'll be 40 credits. (laughs) That'll be 40 credits. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be 40 credits, yeah.
1: Synthetic. Oh, real synthetic. Oh, yes. Uh, But Duncan is not answering the door to Marcus and Franklin. Franklin uses his card to open the door, as it will be a medical emergency. And Marcus rushes in. They find no Duncan, but they do find a hole in the wall surrounded by cobwebs. Of course, they go through the hole and find three men with guns standing over a man on the floor. The man has been parasited. After being thrown into jail, Duncan appears and tells Marcus that he feels well for the first time in in years, and he has a parasite inside him. The parasite understands that that Marcus was kind to Duncan, but will not be kind if they interfere with their work. They have left the man on the floor for them to observe the process. He asks for help to save their race, but Franklin says no. Meanwhile, Corwin arrives at Ivanova's with roses and bottles it when when she asks who they were from. They drink coffee, real coffee. They talk and Corwin states that he will follow the chain of command no matter what. Ivanova is concerned about that answer. Meanwhile, Marcus uh, asks Franklin about Ivanova. He says she seems distant, Franklin thinks it's a funny thing that they are talking about Ivanova at a time like this, when he is removed by the Symbians, which is quite painful, and taken to the dying man. He's told to heal him, or he will be responsible for killing him, which I think is a really poor excuse when people say that. The death will be on your hands. No, it won't. It'll be on your hands, you fool. (laughs) You're just trying to clear your own conscience. Conscious? Conscious. Especially <laughs> when, when he turned around and said, look, we've brought you some tools. Like, what, a
2: spanner? <laughs> what, it, this is not a yes. medical facility. Like, yes. What exactly am I supposed to do with
1: this? Yes, we've got you all these tools. A saw, a scalpel. <laughs> and, uh, use any, this use uh, tape measure. Yes. <laughs> any any alcoholic wipes? Oh. <laughs> if you need to hold his head, here's a vice. It's
0: easy. It's fine.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Meanwhile, Marcus convinces a guard to knock himself out with the Copeland J5000 medical scanner and pulls the second guard against the cell to knock him over. Then he opens the door. Uh, how did he do that when it was locked? <laughs> I don't lit- think it was ever <laughs> locked. It was just guarded. You, are you sure? If it was, no. Why didn't you just walk out in the first place then?
0: Because there was too many of them and they had guns, remember?
1: Yes, but one of them had walked out the room so therefore there was only one left from the three that were there originally. I didn't write this thing.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> he disables the guard and tries to... Uh, Tries to use Doctor Franklin's link. He's told it won't work, so he goes on looking for Franklin. Is that the first time we've found this? That when you try to use somebody else's link, it tells you you can't use it because I'm yeah, sure other people have tried to use links that are other people's and and never it's said worked it. before. Well, mm. it's worked before, and sometimes it never even it doesn't work, and it never tells you that it shouldn't work. Well, maybe it's a safety device they've put in since maybe. the last time it was used. Although, it's a p- the other convenient people tried, plot device. Yeah. yeah, the other people who tried to use it, were they
2: also like officers? So like officers and officers can use it, but not ah, civilian maybe. and officer, maybe. maybe.
0: Because oh, it's maybe. supposed to be uh, linked to your DNA or something. Yeah. That's ah, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then no, yeah, doesn't make any sense. But you know what does make sense? This promo for another podcast right here on the ESO Network. Patreon.com backslash ESO network.
1: And it does make sense. It's the ESO Patreons. And of course, you know, got to be kind to the boss and look after Mm -hmm. him. Yeah. Mr. Faber, sir. (laughs) It's 40 credits. Thank you. (laughs) And do you know what also costs 40 credits? (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Marcus finds uh, Dr. Franklin operating on the patient. He talks to the aliens and they say they have been travelling th- uh, the stars for millennia, learning and existing over many generations. Without the hosts, the aliens will die out. They need new hosts to preserve all the memories and knowledge they have gained. Franklin agrees to carry out the work so long as all the evidence is documented first with written depositions from all hosts. And Duncan is leaving for big advent- for the big adventure around the galaxy. And Ivanova lets Sheridan know that Corwin is not suitable for the conspiracy of light. And then goes on to find Marcus uh, to return the flowers that she thinks he sent her. Keep them. That was great. Oh, thank you, I oh, will. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do oh, we yeah. think of that then? How was that episode for you?
0: Well, uh, it had some funny moments in it. Uh, we, we learned that the shadows are gathering around Sector 800 Centauri space. Um, we learned about synthetic flowers. Uh, <laughs> D- Duncan had a nice voice. had a cool name.
2: Aubrey uh, Morris. Absolutely love him.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, did, it, did it amount to much? No, we, we know that Tech Sergeant Chen, I mean, Lieutenant Corwin is uh, not really suited out for the conspiracy. Although what else is he gonna say to one? Of course, I follow the chain of Command you're my boss. Like that <laughs> wasn't a really good test. Uh, so it was a serviceable episode. It was fine. I, I didn't not enjoy it, and my rating is probably too high, but I'm gonna give it three point five out of five jump gates.
1: Yeah, okay, three point five. Yeah, I suppose. Dan, what did you think of it? Yeah, um, we had a little
2: buddy cop with uh, Franklin and, and Marcus, so that it was kind of nice to sort of establish that they can work well together. And I think they had a good chemistry. They were sort of bouncing off each other quite well. Um, I, I enjoy the fact that, you know, to set off the little stick weapon that Marcus had, you have to vigorously shake it um, and just don't look in the wrong end. Um, that's, that's a pretty convenient way of using it. <laughs> It's like those shake weight things, you know, where the, the vibrations make your muscles go crazy. I wonder if like he's got one really strong arm, but one that's not so strong, just because that's how he has to activate it. Yeah, um, yeah, let's go. Yeah, on. there we go. Let's <laughs> moving on. um Does this species come back?
0: Like, is these? No, I don't believe we ever see or hear from it again. It goes nowhere. Uh,
2: Story wise, that could be quite interesting because they would uh-huh. presumably remember the previous Shadow War and. Like yeah, they'd, they'd be like the, uh, years and...
0: the the archivists of the universe. Exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, like if they were said that, oh, we'll, we'll send you down to Epsilon 3 and you can you know work with the machine and you, you've been old, as old as the machine. So it makes sense that you go down there. It would kind of move everyone out of the down below area. And, you know, it, there's a lot of stuff they could have done with this episode. So it, I think it could have been better. But yes. like I say, we've had convictions just earlier in this season where it was that random bomber that made no sense whatsoever. Whereas at least this had a point of driving Marcus forward. Like you say, we learned about the shadows. Things were being peppered in, so it made it a little bit better than convictions. So I'm actually going to go the same as Sean, three point five. Mm,
1: okay, yeah. I was wondering just how many races and people are going around the universe collecting all all the information they can possibly find to preserve it for future races. <laughs> we got these guys. We had the monks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got. Uh, was not the mages were doing something similar? I mean, they were they were gaining a lot of you know, knowledge and and, and stuff. Well, I think the the galaxy's in pretty good hands I mean everybody's collecting everybody else's knowledge so if, you know, if one disappears we've all got backups yeah several Wikipedias around the universe yeah well yes that's right that's like having several Wikipedias around this around the globe I mean, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I mean I I sort of watched it. It was okay. It took a long time to set everything up. I think it was a total eventually about 17 minutes before all the setups had happened. Um, only to find that half of them didn't, you know, weren't really setups at all. It was just a slow moving plot to find out what was going on with these parasites and eventually get to the point where we realized they start off, you think the bad and they end up being good, which is a typical science fiction trait. Um, I I just wasn't really engaged in it. It just didn't feel it was a, it was an episode. It wasn't bad. Nothing really bad. It wasn't anything bad about it. It just wasn't didn't hold my interest, and in it. it wasn't really all that good. And I feel sorry for for Corwin. I mean, he you know he should be trustworthy, but maybe he is is you know maybe his allegiance is actually to to Earth, or he thinks it is, or he thinks it should be but of course he doesn't know the bigger picture and it's hard to gauge if you, you know it's hard to gauge whether somebody is right for the job without letting them know everything that you know um because it could scare him off or he could run away and start talking to the wrong people so it's um yeah i think he would be because i'm trying to think wasn't it a couple of episodes ago he was asked whether he was going to leave or Leave the bridge, or stay on the bridge for something. When when they were doing something, or he was asked if he was. um, Mm. Everybody wants to be on here, stay on, you know, stay on the bridge, and he stayed. So, I think I think he's he's trustworthy. I think he just needs to be told a bit more information, and I think then he'd be okay.
2: Mm -hmm. I agree. Mm.
1: But um, yeah, as for a rating, I must admit, even up until now, I don't know what I'm going to give it. Um i suppose if it's an an average episode of um what we would call an average episode of um the epsilon 3 uh, epsilon 3 babylon 5 um then it's going to be around about a 3.5 imagine that wow there we go because my my average at the moment is about 3.6 so why not let's let all go 3.5 hmm. Uh, IMDB has it in its bottom 10
0: hmm.
1: how about that and our average obviously is 3.5 uh and our our actual average for all episodes so far is 3.4 combined uh, uh, you know combined yeah so it's a little bit better than the average so hmm. yeah yeah it's it's an episode it's not. Hmm. In the bottom 10, by any means. It's not a bad one. It's just... Meh. Yeah. Um, so, we have forgotten the trivia. Oh, sorry, we I have forgotten the trivia. So, the trivia. JMS wrote the first half of this episode before coming down with a severe fever. By the time he'd recovered, he says he did not remember where he'd originally intended the story to go. And so the first part of the script read like it had been written by somebody else. Yeah, um, actually, that explains a, a few things. Well, it, well it, it does sort of explain a few things because there's a lot of setup, and then it all sort of just it finished okay. I thought, I mean, the beginning of the of the symbiont story to the end was fine. I mean, you know, that particular arc was okay. Um, so maybe there were you know the Corwin scene and the um, the whatever other scenes we had in there. Maybe they were just added in to sort of fill the space that he couldn't remember the play that marcus is marcus is quoting is william shakespeare's macbeth the scottish play Uh, marcus tells his captors that the staff weapon is a medical scanner called the copeland j5000 this is most likely a reference to the producer john copeland Hmm. Uh, sean do we have any star trek connections
0: there are a couple uh we've got uh Pat Cressida, or Cressida, whatever, the bartender. She has done some voice work for Star Trek Online. Uh, We've got Bill Freefield, whatever his name is, the writhing Man. He was on Star Trek Enterprise's episode Dear Doctor as a Valakian doctor. Uh And, yes, and Eric Steinberg, who played Samuel, uh, was in Star Trek First Contact as Porter, and he was also in Star Trek Voyager... Uh, Equinox Part 2 as N'Kari hmm. so not a lot this week
1: yeah
2: it was a shame that Aubrey Morris never got a, a Duncan in this episode because I I love that actor he's in loads of little bits he's a very small character actor he's the captain in um, Hitchhiker's Guide uh, he's uh, Deltoid in uh, Clockwork Orange. Um, uh, there's loads of other like uh, sort of short BBC plays that have been there as well. So he's the captain of uh, is it B Um
1: in because
2: yeah. I can't remember. In the, the TV name. series,
1: yes, yeah. because uh, the person who played it in the radio series was David Jason. Yes, who I thought actually did a better job, unfortunately. But yes, <laughs> if the TV yeah, series had been the only one, he would have he would have been the the, the best captain. Yeah.
2: Easily yeah. I, I love his you know vocal range. I just love the way that um he just talks and it's a shame he would never got into Star Trek. Like there, there could have been a really good scene between you know Patrick Stewart yeah. and, and Aubrey Oh,
0: definitely. Yeah, it would have been great. A voice. Yes.
2: Mm. But yeah, yeah, I think that's what lifted it up for me, him being in there.
1: Pretty good. Okay, so that is the end of this episode. Join us again next week when we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 8, Messages from Earth. We've got to get out of here and tell the others what's happening. We will.
0: How? How are we going to do that? There are three of them with guns against two of us with nothing. They'll cut us down before we get halfway across the room. All we need is for one of them
2: to leave the room. Then there'll be only one man with a gun.
0: (laughs) Excuse me. Where I come from, one man from three leaves two. Where I come from is a far more interesting place.
1: If you have any thoughts on this episode, why not send in some feedback to the epsilon3 at gmail.com? That's three spelled T H R E E, not the number. Or you can find us on our Facebook page. Just search for the epsilon3.
0: Well, if you have any other problems, any other questions at all, just ask.